This is Olivia Mann. I'm sitting in an Oberweiss parking lot, and you're listening to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast. I'm Max Turman. Ah, you're my Bill's turn. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it again. Right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast. I'm Max Terman, your moderator. And with me today are... Esposo de... No. <laughs> it's you. It's you. It's you. No, me. Esposo de la Pastora. Woo-hoo! Yeah. <laughs> and worship director, Scott Reed. Yeah! And the great preacher, Scott Reed. Yeah. 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 So and the pastor. ghost of Tozer. The ghost oh, of Alvin. The ghost of ghost Tozer. Of Tozer. <laughs> All right. Oh. Scott, Feel free will, to use will you pray for us? Are you using that? <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I'm so happy. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this day and for the time we have to be together and to just kind of uh, continue our conversation from last week. Lord, I pray that your blessing would be upon this time, that we would really enjoy the conversation and and uh, gain deeper insights into the ways that you've made each one of us, Lord, that we might serve you uh, more effectively with our lives. Uh, Lord, we also pray that this conversation would benefit anyone who listens to it, and that your name will be glorified through it all. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Woo! (laughs) Dan is bringing the energy. (laughs) Dan's on fire today. (laughs) Scott, would you like to hit us with some would you rather? I would. Before Dan bursts through the ceiling. (laughs) So today we're gonna do the mix and match again. And we're gonna Ooh, see what happens. Nice. So I have nothing prepared. Did Let's you say go. some would you rather? Is there more than one? I don't know, man. You never know All what right. we're gonna do. Would you rather regularly experience intense sinus pressure or travel around the world in a sailboat? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've had sinus pressure I, like my whole life and live constantly like that. No way, I take in the boat. <laughs> I have constant sinus pressure anyway. But I also don't know if I want to go around the world in a sailboat. What if the four of us went around the world in a sailboat? Ooh. That'd be fun. That would be great. I would do that then. I'll yeah. go with the sailboat. Record podcasts all the time. Bill? I, I'm taking a sailboat ride. Kind of odd today. Nancy says, I'm working on this thing at Allstate. And here's a 1994 sailboat. sailboat. Now, it's long. It's 54 feet long. But it costs $134,000 today. Thinking, wow. Wow. I, I had no idea they were that expensive. Yeah, I'm either. guessing it's yeah. one of those racing sailboats. Maybe. That's yeah. cool. Wow. Yeah. So are you guys gonna buy it and retire on that sailboat? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so on this sailboat, eventually there's no sinus pressure to be had. Amen. Yeah. Right. That'll be nice. There's no allergies. It's the yeah. ocean. That's good. I imagine. What else you got? Um, all right. We've I don't got know. It. We're shooting from the hip today. We're calling an audible. Would you rather have bad crooked teeth? Or be the clown that distracts the bull in a rodeo. (laughs) I want to be that clown. I've read an article about them in Sports Illustrated. That is a fascinating job. They are extremely well paid because it is life and death. (laughs) But that that was a fun article, being a clown in a rodeo. Those Mm. those guys are not clowns. They are really good athletes and... Mm. Courageous and, and they've got a whole system. It's it's impressive. Because their job is to distract the bull, right? While they get yes. whoever was riding it out of there yes. alive. All right. Mm. <laughs> Funny story. When I went to language school in Costa Rica, bullfighting is a huge thing there. There was a bull ring with an annual festival, and anyone could go in the ring. 
And well, some of our language so school Amber students went. went down no, there. some of our language school students <laughs> went in the ring, got like gored by the bull. Oh, and one guy really, really badly hurt. Whoa! Oh yeah. my goodness. Jeez. My moral of the story is: if you have the chance to go bullfighting, don't be do careful. <laughs> uh, question: Does gored by a bull just mean like hit, or does it mean like I think pierced? I think pierced. I think pierced. pierced. Okay, so these were, all these people were like pierced. Yeah, yeah at least bull. like two people. Yeah, that's intense. And nobody can outrun bulls. I mean, no, they're fast. They're really yeah. fast. Not yeah. even Usain Bolt could stay ahead of one. Maybe if he ate enough chicken nuggets. It's just mm. all the rest. Uh, so I'm gonna go with the teeth. All right. With all those stories out of the way, I'm going to go How with long the teeth. did you stay in the ring the teeth too. as the clown? I mean, it depends on how hurt the guy is and how long it takes him to drag him away. Mm. The crooked teeth are forever. You're only in the ring for 10 minutes, but you could die. Does it say forever? I think you could get braces. I have bad crooked teeth. It doesn't say you can't fix them. Yeah. So you just need to get braces again. Granted, it doesn't say you can't bring a shotgun into the I ring. I hate going to the <laughs> dentist. I'm going with it. I'm going to be the clown. No, the all clown right. gets to jump in a barrel. That's his protection. <laughs> <laughs> You say that like well, that's perfect. Oh, of course. Well, then I should have gone with the foolproof barrel. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah. All right. And last but not least, <laughs> would you rather on your senior prom night have to take your parent or eat a supersized bag of French fries found in the sidewalk garbage can? <laughs> <laughs> Man, these are good. Um, I'm eating the fries. Yeah, me I think too. it said, oh, shoot, I lost track of it. I think it said they're in a bag. Yeah, ah, they're in a bag. Yeah, they're in a bag of fries. And practically garbage. new. Better than taking my mom to the prom. <laughs> Scott? Oh, fries, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, fries. There it is. Um, well, let's get into a sermon roundup for the week. Uh, sermon, f- I'm sorry, sermon follow-up. My, my mistake. Oh, you were thinking like of bulls. And, uh, I, was, yes, I was still thinking about the bulls. Yes. Sermon follow-up this week is brought to you uh, by our new series, A Coming Day. Join us this weekend at our outdoor services as Pastor David begins a new three-part series, A Coming Day. We'll be taking a close look at what the Bible says about eternity, specifically Judgment Day, Heaven, and Hell. The Sunday service also has a story time just for kids under the tree near the Brown House during the message. A coming day, new sermon series starts Saturday at 5.30 p.m., Sunday at 8.30 a.m. Visit BloomendaleChurch.org for details. Bill <laughs> I still laughing. I'm laughing because <laughs> last week in my personal worship, one of my songs was, Are You Ready for Judgment Day? Sounds we we would sing this at church pretty regularly, and you never get a song like that anymore. And no. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for Judgment Day? Really are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the Judgment Day? What happens then? <laughs> we would sing, yes, I'm ready. <laughs> hey. That's awesome. That's um, cool. Well, we're doing that. Yeah. Oh, real. yeah. We need it. <laughs> <laughs> that that's just the refrain then there there are words to the verse that are pretty good mm. uh, you wouldn't think you're gonna hit the refrain of are you ready for judgment day but oh okay yeah scott let's sing yeah it. is it too late to have the quartet sing that instead on I mean, saturday oh i don't think it's a special it? number kind of song it's more <laughs> congregational are you ready for the judgment day christ the lord has gone to glory but he's coming back again he is coming with his angels. Does this sound right, Bill? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. He is coming with his angels and a sword of fiery flame. Then all nations, tribes, and people shall be gathered round his throne to receive reward and recompense. That's a good line. For all that they have done. Are you ready for that judgment day? Are you ready for that judgment day? You must stand before the Lord to receive your just reward. Are you ready for that judgment day? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Recompense. I wish I'd known about the song. I never heard of that. <laughs> it's too late now. but After you said roundup, you should kind of put in a sound like... Yeah, Woody's roundup. 
Our sermon this last week was from Scott. It was great. Uh, he Good preached job, a great sermon. Yeah, Thank absolutely. Um, exactly how long into the service he started will be discussed later. Um, Good. Bill, uh, I know you're obviously a big fan of, of the sermon that Scott preached this week. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat, what was your biggest takeaway? I liked it that it was worshiping God in spirit and truth. I'd never heard anybody bringing up the truth part. Mm-hmm. And... I thought that was really thoughtful of you to do it, and I was blessed by it. Yeah, I really like the the ending. <laughs> I like the whole thing. <laughs> I like, I like the end. call to like to worshipfully pray and reflect, mm-hmm. and came away from that just really able to connect with God. And really appreciated that that component of you know as we were ending, reflecting on those couple questions that you asked, right. just to reflect on it. That was really powerful. Yeah, I was studying for the GMAT while listening to it. Um, and so I listened to it about three times in a row because I'd get to the end and be like, I don't, I don't know if I was actually paying attention <laughs> if I was thinking about math. Um, but when you kind of transition into the Myers-Briggs thing at the end yeah. and you're like, I'm a T, like, I think instead of feel, like, and if you're like me, like, we need you. And I'm like, that is super cool. And then you, like, kept saying it and, and kind of going into why. And I was like, what about Fs? What about us? And then you're like, and if you're an F, we need you too. I was like, oh, nice. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah, that was part of the sermon before I knew what we were talking about. Last week. I know that was That's that cool. was super cool. So we're Do you guys agree, like in when it comes to worship, and like, are there other areas of church where sort of that split changes the way people interact? I think it maybe has an impact on the way people serve, and like what area of the church they would choose to mm. serve in. Mm-hmm. Maybe F's in more roles, like empathetic roles or like service helping kind of roles and and T's. I'm not sure because I'm not a T. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I'd say you probably would find T's more in like administrative and organizational roles, and mm-hmm. although that also brings in some like J versus P stuff. I mean, it's obviously it's more complicated than just mm-hmm. T versus F, but maybe like. Sunday school teacher, adult ed teacher kind of roles, um, people who really, you know, like wrestling with topics and, and information like that. But there's always exceptions. I'm thinking some yeah, of that, but true. many years ago, I was in the back of the church where the sound system was set up in those days and talking to Rick Freeman, and he said, I, I complained, you know what, <clears throat> nobody's singing here. There just nobody sings in this church. He says, well, we were told it's, it's okay. You can just stand there and not sing. I said, no, we don't need any more people like that. We need people coming in here and participating, actually singing. Mm-hmm. And I'm, all these years I'm thinking, who would ever say it's okay just to stand around and do nothing during the worship service? But... And now yeah, we know. I'm sure he was telling me the truth. Yeah. Scott, do you? My guess is the point that was being made is probably like you don't need to be singing to be worshiping. You know, you can be reflecting on the words mm-hmm. and worshiping your heart just as you mm-hmm. can be singing and not worshiping. That's mm-hmm. what I think was probably the person was saying. If not, like, what the heck? <laughs> but I'm assuming that was probably their point. And with that, I'd say, yeah, you can, but you're not serving anybody but yourself mm-hmm. if you're not singing. Yeah. Because um, you're not setting a good example for the visitor. And you're not like encouraging other people who are singing or who want to sing but feel uncomfortable or, you know, when you sing, you're you're getting outside of yourself and you're serving the people around you too. So I'd say it's mm. better to sing 
Um, Amen. Yeah. Man. For sure. I think that little boy, my dental assistant told me this story that her brother was such a terrible singer that in um, school, the nun came up to him and said, say, just tone it down. You're a terrible singer. (laughs) He said... God gave me this voice, and he's going to have to listen to it. <laughs> I think, yeah, that's the attitude, man. Belt it out. Yeah. That's true. That's amazing. That is awesome. Well, let's get into the topic of the week. Topic of the week this week uh, is brought to you once again by the, the GMAT course. Yeah, by the GMAT. Sorry. <laughs> Here's a GMAT question for the listeners at home. <laughs> what is the square root of all the angles of an isosceles triangle? No, it's as a construction material, bamboo is as strong as steel and sturdier than concrete. Moreover, in tropical areas, bamboo is much less expensive mm-hmm. as a construction material than either steel or concrete and is always readily available. In tropical areas, therefore, building with bamboo makes better economic sense than building with steel or concrete, except where land values are particularly high. Which of the following, if true, most helps explain why this exception is necessary? Interesting. You want to hear the options? Yes. Okay. A, buildings constructed of bamboo are less likely to suffer earthquake damage than are steel or concrete buildings. B, bamboo is unsuitable as a building material for multi-story buildings. C, in order to protect it from being damaged by termites and beetles, bamboo must be soaked at some expense in a preservative. D, in some tropical areas, bamboo is used to make the scaffolding that is used during large construction projects. Or E, bamboo growing in an area where land values are increasing is often cleared away to make way for new construction. Well, that multi-story building is what really grabs me. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to have a sophisticated city, yeah. you, you don't wanna... can't have a... Skyscraper made of bamboo. Foot skyscraper made <laughs> That'd be really bamboo. cool. <laughs> what, was, what does that have to do with um, land prices? Great question. I guess maybe you'd be more likely to build a multi-story building on a more expensive land because there's more going into the building. Like there's multiple companies hmm. that will be funding the building or something versus like a house where it's just one person paying for the more expensive land. Well, I'll read you the answer. It is B, the multi-story one. Multi-story buildings provide a greater area of floor space for a given site area and in that sense are more economical. A single-story building with the same floor plan will occupy a much bigger site, so the higher the land values, the more likely it is that a multi-story building will be built on that land instead. Thus, given this information, bamboo is less suitable for areas where land values are high. That makes sense. Yeah. Go figure. So if you got that right at home, you're ready for business school. Uh... (laughs) Topic of the week this week is brought to you by the IPSAC course once again. We are confident that this learning opportunity will deepen your understanding of who God made you to be so that you can pursue even more intentionally what he put you on the earth to do. The IPSAC course is a guided discovery and coaching experience designed to help you understand the kingdom resources that God placed in you that set you apart. The IPSAC course, Sundays from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. September 20th through November 1st. For more information, visit bloomingdellchurch.org slash Ipsat dash course. Is that on Zoom? I think so. Hmm. I actually don't know. I'm and I'm sure teaching. it is. It should be. I mean, it, it would be that or outside, but if we're going to go till November, we probably can't be meeting outside. Um, or can we? With coats <laughs> <laughs> and heaters. <laughs> the ingenuity of Denver. So. Have you ever considered wearing a coat? <laughs> Never. Uh, this week is the second half of our two-part series on the Ipset, uh, and we're covering the second assessment in the Ipset, which is the Clifton Strengths. Um, the Ipset uses five different assessments, both individually and combined, to give sort of this picture of uh, our personal identities. Uh, and specifically, the Strengths Finder um, really focuses on this idea 
that comes out of uh, a man named Donald Clifton's research into a lot of different work environments, basically trying to look at what the common uh, positive feature was of people who succeeded versus the common negative feature of people who failed, which was sort of the prevailing method of research at the time. He said, uh, everyone's greatest potential for growth is in the areas of their greatest strength. And so uh, the Clifton strengths, as we talk about them in the IPSAT, is very much focused on that, of like, how do we lean more into um, uh, these areas that, I, that are already naturally you know, easier for me, um, that I find really enjoyable, that time flies by while I'm doing them, um, that I finish them and I say, wow, that turned out really, really well. You know, each person's uh, this sort of unique combination of strengths, not just individual strengths, but the way that they interact with each other and interact with our personalities makes everybody the best person in the room at some, something, basically. And so how can we lean more into mm. that? And so to start off, uh, I'd like to go around real quick. Um, if you would list off your strengths um, and just give an explanation as to like what it means to have one of them, like whichever one is, is most important to you or you most like identify with. And I'll go first. Uh, my five top strengths uh, are restorative, empathy, individualization, adaptability, and communication. Um, and I would say individualization is, is probably the one um, – that I was most surprised by in that I was like, oh, yeah, I never thought of that as being a strength. Um, but it's really just sort of this ability to um, understand what makes people different, what makes people unique, um, and seeing, okay, how can this person uniquely contribute to this group? So what's like a good role? What's like a good fit for this person mm -hmm. in this organization or in this project? You know, how can I help this person specialize? Um, which goes along with my with my economics major pretty well, because um, economics is a lot about specialization as well. Dan? I have context, restorative, developer, empathy, and harmony. I guess probably there's a few of them there that are important to me, well, most of them, except for restorative, which I'm not quite sure. Mm. <laughs> like I, I get why maybe I have it, but I don't connect with it as much as, say, like empathy. I feel like that drives what I do, empathizing with people coming alongside them. Praying for people, caring for people, yeah. really tied to who I am, kind of intrinsically. Mm. What's like the definition of empathy? Empathy, I think, being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes or understand what they're going through yeah. and like feel what they feel. Yeah, Scott. Uh, my top five are intellection, relator, achiever, consistency, and deliberative. And I think the one that I'll explain is intellection because when I, that's like my number one strength. Um, and when I read it, when I got the results, this was, I think this was in my freshman year of college that I did this um, originally. And when I was reading it, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I never could put my finger on that part of myself. But now reading this description of this strength, like it just makes things a lot clearer. Uh, and intellection basically means that I like to think about things and like mull things over. Mm. Um, I like to have... Uh, ideas to kind of wrestle with in my head. Hmm. Bill? Mine are learner, positivity, maximizer, activator, and ideation. Hmm. And I'll speak to ideation. People who are especially talented in the ideation theme are fascinated by ideas. They're able to connect between seemingly disparate phenomena. And that's why I'm so glad I'm the point person for this new building mm. because I get to think about it a lot. And mm. What can we do and how do we get 
a lot of people involved so that it's truly a community effort and not simply a bill effort. Mm. Sure. We talked about this last week about how each of the three of you kind of represent different different ministries. Scott's, you know, worship directing ministry is pretty different from from my, my being the worship pastor. From your yeah. role as the <laughs> as the worship yeah. pastor. If uh, the listeners don't know, one time I did the mid service announcements like six months ago, and I said, "Hi, I'm Dan Marcello. I'm the worship pastor here." <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. And immediately, and Scott was brain fired. <laughs> no, Dan can do both. <laughs> yeah, oh, just well. not well. No. <laughs> I don't know. We could we could sing. Are you ready for the judgment day? Yeah, every we week. <laughs> Scott's been here what two and a half years, and we've never sung it. Well, the standard can never be the songs we didn't sing. <laughs> I remember many years ago reading there were are a hundred thousand hymns. Whoa! Yeah, so really, we're not going to run out of music in heaven. Of course, I'm hoping that isn't our music either, because <laughs> as A.W. Tozer said, <laughs> most hymns are third rate music set to fourth rate poetry <laughs> what qualifies as a hymn it's just a religious song it's just any so, religious song you know take so that like, and put that in your hymn versus contemporary worship debates <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like chris yeah. tomlin's just pumping out hymns. yeah it's all hymns toby mag is pumping out hymns yeah family force five is pumping out hymns sometimes sometimes <laughs> that's crazy um uh, that, I was would, my, that was my fault. No, it's going to get very derailed. It was interesting. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Um, <laughs> going back to Scott and Dan, if you want to go with that strength, be my guest. If you want to bring in a different one, like what does that allow you to bring to your individual ministry? Mm-hmm. Man, just the one. Okay. <laughs> oh, I think they all kind of. Play a part, but okay, we then, don't have time to talk yeah, about go it all for day. It. No, I mean, no. a big part of it is how they interact with each other. Mm. So please, I mean. No, I feel like empathy really drives like what I do and why I do it. Like I really care about, I love God and I love people. So like the people mm. aspect, part of who I am, the way God wired me, just mm. naturally when people express they're going through difficulty right there with them, you know, and can really feel what they're feeling and helps me to be able to pray for them. And I guess maybe even, if they're if they're looking for a solution, sometimes people don't want a solution, and I don't want to be just an advice giver, but like in a restorative way to help bridge, you know, whether that's sharing scripture, or whether that's, you know, if someone asks for mm. help, developer kind of tying in that as well, helping people be the like the best version of themselves. Mm. Scott, this isn't specific to my ministry, um, but I think one way that my strengths, at least four of the five. Um, interact with each other really well uh, that I've seen in my life on a number of occasions is the ability to um, just tackle big projects mm-hmm. and get them done. Uh, I think, you know, the the achiever strength, you know, I like feeling like I've accomplished things. Um, the intellection strength, as I said, I mull things over, I think things through. The deliberative strength, you know, I kind of go very sort of de- deliberately. Deliberative and consistency are pretty easy to understand, deliberate mm-hmm. and consistent. Um, I go very deliberately through the process of making something happen and consistency. I try and make sure that everything is done um, on the same level of like quality and, and stuff. Hmm. I guess one example where it happened was the like the Easter choir from yeah last year. <laughs> I think that was last year um, where it was sort of like okay, I, I want to have a choir, but we were kind of you know kind of our choir was kind of dwindling in terms of numbers at the end of 2018. So how could we you know, how could we combat that? And well, what if, 
you know, what if we did the choir, and they're not just on their own, but they're with the rest of the band who can then support and strengthen them. And then there was this song that came into it, which was the beautiful name on You Stay collaborative thing, which was yeah. super cool. And so then I, I took that, I chose the other music I wanted to do with the choir, and I arranged all of it, and I scheduled the rehearsals, and, and then that all came together to a really, really cool Easter service. And that mm. that's the kind of thing that I really like tackling, and for something like Easter or Christmas, it comes very naturally, because it's like this it makes sense for this to happen on this weekend, it's not just any other weekend. Mm-hmm. And so I guess the, the, the next step that I am trying to figure out how to take is how do you just pick kind of random weekends and be like, I want to do something really big and cool here. Sure. Um, so I have it more often. So yeah. there you go. I don't yeah. remember if that answers your question. <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, Daniel said uh, something that was super cool last week about how um, when we are talking about most areas of the IPSAT, we usually start with work just because mm-hmm. work is something that's very relatable and it's something that we all sort of intuitively understand at at least some level of these are my skills, these is my personality, these are my strengths, and like how can I use them in a work context? Mm-hmm. Um, but to broaden it to our lives as Christians, does God speak to us through our strengths? Does God speak to you through your strengths? Yes. How? Um, intellect and strength. Um, something that has kind of um, played into that uh, is like studying more like apologetics. Um, I find that just really interesting, and not just like not just like reading defenses and stuff, but making sure that they're actually convincing and like mm. working through the arguments for myself mm. and and seeing, you know, un- trying to understand um, better like other other religions, which is kind of a, in my opinion, that's a, a part of apologetics, and um, you know, that's something that. Before all this started, we were doing in in the young couples small group as we were kind of going through a series on apologetics, and and it was just really engaging to me to be reading these arguments and thinking through these different things that really strengthen my faith. You know, reading these, you know, like what it says in in Peter, like having a defense ready, like it, it's a way that God speaks to me through that strength. And the other is um, relator, which is a kind of a weird one that it sounds like super social, but what it actually means is that I like having a couple of close relationships. And so for that, you know, like every week, you know, Max and I get lunch on Fridays, this this Max that I'm looking at right now, and um, another Max from <laughs> Wheaton College and I, who's a, he's a student basically studying worship ministries, essentially. Um, he and I get together every week for coffee, and, and those one-on-ones often really benefit me. Um, well, you know, Max and I are peers, but other Max and I, little Max is what I call him to clarify. Little Max and I, you know, he's still in college and I'm, you know, a few years in my career. So it's a little bit more of a mentor-mentee relationship, but I still just get so much hmm. from him. He's, you know, God really speaks to me through my time with these close relationships that I have. Mm-hmm. Bill? I think particularly of being blessed to serve in areas of strength and then by a combination of praying and listening to God doing and watching what happens, stepping back and saying, what do you make of all this? Mm. It's neat. Mm. That is how God speaks. Mm. And, that, and I think that shows the goodness of God too, that he doesn't simply leave us where the godless are, where they can't see any real, real reason for life. Is there mm. any sense in this world? So they just feel like they're taking one more bite out of a crap sandwich every day. And <laughs> they, they just, 
feel like life is terrible and I, I feel badly for them. Hmm. And first Peter one, it talks about you were saved from your feudal way of living handed down mm-hmm. to you from your forefathers. And mm-hmm. think, yeah, I was yeah. saved from that. Hmm. It kind of came to me that I've seen a lot of the strengths that I have in other people mm-hmm. who have been a blessing to me and helped me throughout my life. Sure. I feel like God's, especially through just a couple mentors, uh, one who's since passed on, but just had some of these same skills and um, strengths, I suppose, better said, develop or empathy, harmony, mm. and just how that person made me feel empowered mm. and just on a course for growth and just was able to put themselves in my shoes and mm. just really be there for me during some difficult times in my life. Mm. And this person really valued harmony and during some conflict and tough stuff. And I got to see these things walked out. and I feel like God spoke to me and affirmed those same strengths in me as well. Hmm. Does that make it easier for you to like use them yourself? Yeah, I think it, it more than just makes it easier. I think it kind of, because it's easy, I think, at least for my personality to look at my strengths as not like real strengths and look at other people's like, they've got like the good ones. Mm-hmm. You know, like what I've got like, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course that's calling God a, that is like he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. But he does. But I think that kind of affirms me like, hey, I have like valid strengths that God gave me and put in me and hmm. that he wants me to use for his glory. Hmm. I think, so, oh, go on. I was going to say, that's one of the things I really like about um, the Strengths Finder assessment. Because like any any kind of self-assessment has its, has its risk of putting people in a box and whatever. But I find like, with Myers Briggs, there's more the risk for people to like abuse and be like, "Well, you're just this way," and so that you know, whatever mm. you don't understand, sure, whatever the situation is. But I think with with the strengths, it's like this is what you're good at. You know, it's hard for someone to look down <laughs> on you for something that you're <laughs> good at. Sure. Um, so I just I like that perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd love to gain some. I know it's probably taboo in the strengths community to be like, "I want another strength," but I'd love some of the <laughs> more strategic more. thinking strength, and I'm trying to develop that. And maybe some people would be like, well, you're just got to stick to your strengths. But like, I want to work on my weaknesses too. Sure. One of the key aspects of God's Smuggler, which is a book that we reference all the time on the show. Um, it's a book that I reference all the time on the show. I Scott's, Scott, ne- I thought, Scott's Scott never would, read it. So. I thought he was saying yes in French. He oui. wouldn't. We. <laughs> oui. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, one of the key themes of that is the intentionality of God, right? That God does things on purpose. He makes us a certain way on purpose. He, he uses us in a specific way on purpose that it's not just random chance of like, Oh, well, like God hit the, hit the randomized button. And these were the cards I was dealt. And now here I go to Mm -hmm. sort of make the most of it and try and do him proud. Um, there's a level of intentionality to like, why did God build me out? Um, Mm -hmm. the way that he did. And, and as a 25 year old, a lot of it is still being like, I'm still figuring out how he built me out, let alone like why and how he's going to use it and how he is using it. The nice thing about working in a church, and this got brought up last week with Bill talking about his job is like, man, there's so many levels of his personality that he gets to engage with and like with his strengths that like he gets to engage with and, and moving beyond work. Is there one of your top five strengths that you really wish you could engage with more? In life, they like you look at these four, or even if it's just like I look at these two, and I'm like, yeah, those are involved in my life and/or job. Mm-hmm. But like, man, I'd really like to lean into this one more. Mm-hmm. I'd like to get the chance to use it more. I'd like to see it grow more. I think it could go cool places and do cool things. I think for me, it's restorative because when I was looking up last night, when mm-hmm. before 
we said we're doing this, uh-huh. well, I better just give myself a refresh on my strength. Yeah, yeah. That it's about problem solving. Yeah. And being excited about problem solving. And I started looking at that like, well, I'm not sure if that's me. And I thought, well, maybe it is a little bit. Mm. Maybe I, I think I, I'd like to lean into that more to see that area of strength blossom a little more or be used a little more. I mean, it's not like I don't do problem solving in my job or mm. life, but I'm not sure if that's something I... I'm super as good at it as I'd like to be. I think, Dan, that you can't, I wish I could remember what all of Leah's five strengths were, but I know she has restorative, and I'm quite confident that she has empathy too. And um, there might there might be another overlap too, like harmony or something like that. Um, but even if there's not, something that when we were talking about it, she and I were talking about it, that kind of made sense was this idea of like not... I'll use the word restore instead of problem solving, but like restoring like relationships mm. was something that really like, mm-hmm. like it's very important to her that relationships be whole. Um, yeah, me too. And so that might be a facet oh. of it as it interacts with your empathy and harmony. Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe a developer too, maybe mm-hmm. context as well. Um, but where it's, you know, problem solving in sort of a logistical sense, maybe, but also like yeah. that. They don't have a logistical mind. Sure, yeah. much. But Restoring I, other things. But I see that in that, so context, for context. For uh, context, context. People context. who are especially talented in the context theme enjoy thinking about the past. They understand the present by researching its history. Um, and so, like, while you say you might not have, like, the head for, like, logistics or whatever, mm-hmm. like, I think maybe when it comes to dates and times and stuff like that, but when it comes to how people felt at certain times and for what Mm. reasons, I think you're really good at cataloging that. Mm. And I think that helps you sort of resolve conflicts in people's Mm. relationships because you're like, I empathize with both of you and I know I kind of can feel why Mm. you're coming from where you're coming from and you can help solve, help resolve a lot of that that tension. You may need to pursue something like a peacemaking ministry. That would be amazing. Sounds interesting. For sure. Sounds like something you'd be good at. Yeah, I'd like that, Bill. Yeah, what are you well, smiling? Well, I glanced at mine about? again, and I'm thinking, God bless Bloomingdale Church because <laughs> you can have gifts such as ideation, where you're coming up with ideas. Mm-hmm. But if you have no resources, mm. that just leads to frustration. Yeah, mm. and the church really has resources to make stuff happen. Yeah. Better than any church I've ever been in. Yeah. I'm I'm thrilled with that because after a while you get sick and not having any resources. Sure. Mm-hmm. And a lot of cool like ministry ideas get greenlit that probably like wouldn't. Like the Bible Breakfast Club. Right. Yes. It's like it wasn't like a whim, but it was it was up quickly. Like it was up like a tent in some ways of just like we're gonna take the Bible in 90 days experience and we're gonna stretch it out over a year. We're gonna meet every week. We're gonna have yeah. accountability. We're gonna build a community around it. And like how many people went through it and like stuck the whole thing? It was like it was great. And and it was started by a man just making a very large financial donation saying, eat, eat. You know, mm-hmm. All right. But there's, <laughs> there's more to the resources than that because well, we want people to have good food and skin mm-hmm. in the game. And so then we had a food team. I remember the Bible Breakfast Club had something like it was amazing. 48 people on the food team it before it was all over. Yeah. Well, well, that's a resource that, sure, you could buy it by way of catering, but it's not the same. No. There was a lot of excitement in the room because people want you to try what they've made and mm-hmm. you start talking about recipes. And yeah. So those are resources that 
I'm really thankful for. Mm. For sure. Yeah. We kind of got to touch on this a little bit with Dan, but I want to open it up to, you know, looking at each other's strengths, having a decent idea of, of what they are. I want to know what strengths you guys admire in each other. Mm. Mm. Would you mind reading off your strengths one more time? All right. Ideation, activator, maximizer, learner, positivity. I see learner in you <laughs> yeah. a lot. Learner. Every a lot of times I go in your office, you're like, "Hang on, Dan, I'm listening to a, pod, a webinar. I'm, out of pod, I'm listening to a podcast, reading a book, reading a book. Like you've always got something to talk about from a book that you've read. Just was in your office and you had some books from the library. Rory Vaden's book on your desk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you have like a like a, I will read one book every week, or is it more free form, or is it more strict than that? Because you just read right. so much. Like, how do you do it? So at the beginning of the year, I say, I'm going to read 52 books this year. Mm. Wow. Okay. Neat. But it doesn't come out as cut and dried as one a week. Because sure. right now, I'm reading eight or nine books. Some of them are gargantuan. <clears throat> okay, there's the Bible. That takes time. So you can't just say, yeah, I read the Bible this week. Right. Cover to cover. <laughs> no, I can't go that fast. Don't <laughs> even want to. I'm reading Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology. Oh, that's a big it's one. 1,200 mm. pages long. Wow. It is outstanding. I love this Systematic Theology because it's got a spiritual element to it where he says, <laughs> now the way this applies in a Christian's life, I think, wow, is this good stuff. <clears throat> that's a great idea. So that's 1,200 pages. I'm reading Tozer Speaks. It's 630 pages. But not all books are that long. I'm reading Paula Ferris's Called Out, mm. 180 pages, real light reading in comparison to the others. But I need that because it's frustrating to just keep reading and reading and reading and not be able to say, I finished something. Right. <laughs> so that's how it's been panning out. How did you read with kids? Well, for one thing, we didn't have a television set. Okay. So... I'm not getting distracted by saying, oh, what's this? It's kind of funny when they have all these reruns of shows from the 80s, for instance. It's like, mm-hmm. I never heard of this show. <laughs> never saw it once in my life. So the kids, Joel and Nicole, they both like to read too. Mm. So that would be good. They'd be sitting on a couch with me and we'd read Amelia Bedelia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the Berenstein Bears. Um, now, I don't count that as part of my 52 books. <laughs> yeah, <not laughs> I think that's a lot what I end up reading. But those are great books. You know, they got great messages. But sometimes it's hard, like, as a, as a dad, like, to read, and then kids always have something to say or something mm-hmm. they want you to do, and you want to be like, this is, like, the prime time I get with you, and I want to read a book. Did you read, like, when they were in bed? or? Oh, no, I just on the I mean, you got to remember now... With you, without a TV, that means you are working directly with the kids mm-hmm. as long as they're awake. Yeah, right. Which is exhausting. I mean, we're out in the backyard playing soccer, and we come inside, and they're playing, and then it's wrestle with them, and it's read with them, and whew, no wonder Nancy and I were just exhausted for the longest time <laughs> because we couldn't just say you know what, uh, just watch this TV show for a while and let mm-hmm. mom and dad rest. Mm-hmm. But it paid off for the two kids because they are both really creative. Mm-hmm. And it's launched their careers in a good way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I also want to say real quick about your positivity strength, Bill, that I definitely see that in you. And I think, um, you know, for you and David who've been in the ministry for so long, um, you've seen like all of it. <laughs> and so there's, there's definitely, you know, it's like, it's like juniors at Wheaton who just get so cynical because they've seen, mm-hmm. and it's only two years, but it's, I mean, that's half of your college career. Um, they've seen it all and they've seen it all again. And that's true for both of you, I think. And then 17 more times. Um, but I think I really appreciate your positivity because there are, you know, you and I had a conversation. I didn't remember when it might've been about like a 4th of July weekend or a Thanksgiving weekend, something like that. And you were just talking about how back in, I think it was in Long Grove, you had a guy that played the banjo. Yeah. And that was it. And it was like, oh, and that, it worked. Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is like some Saturday Night Live. We're going to have a Christmas Eve service with candlelight in this really beautiful little chapel with a banjo. Yeah. yeah. And just that that sense of, you know, of optimism still, even, mm-hmm. even having experienced so many things and mm-hmm. having the opportunity to get so cynical. Um, I really have appreciated that about you. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you. The restorative comes to my mind right away that, Dan, you look at people who are really in an uphill battle with life itself, Mm. but you see the potential in them. Mm. And you don't shy away from them. You wade right into, sometimes it's just a full-throttled mess. You and Amber both, you wade into it, you breathe life into their lives, and instead of getting bummed out by it and just saying, I got to take a break, you seem to be energized by it, which I really admire. I think that's phenomenal. Um, Scott, could you... Never mind, I have yours here. <laughs> I don't need your room. Got them on file. Uh... It's very rare when it comes to like your deliberative side. Like it's very rare for you to make a plan. Even if something goes wrong, it's not usually something you haven't thought of. It's usually just like, oh, like this thing that we knew had a 70% chance of working out, like we got the 30%. Um, It's very rare that you're like, wow, I didn't even think about that problem. Like, (laughs) which is like really cool. And I admire that. Um, I admire that a lot. Well, I appreciated you bringing up that you're a relator and that it's not what people would think immediately, Mm. that it has to do with finding deep satisfaction and working hard with friends to achieve a goal and and that it's close relationships as opposed Mm. to having many, many, many relationships. Mm. And I still go back to that time you had just gotten here and we were working on a Christmas program with some pretty hard music and Bruce Mengfeld was the director and there were two songs I was really struggling with and you came into this common grounds room came to the piano and and spent at least one hour getting me through both songs so that I could at least have a passable job done you know and not mess the choir up too badly um, <laughs> But I thought to myself, this guy's going to be great for our church. And you've turned out to be great for our church. Mm-hmm. One of the strengths for you, Max, that really stands out to me, um, probably because you mentioned it specifically, but um, but also just because I see it in you all the time, is individualization. I think that, what, what's your number one strength? 
restorative. Having restorative. a cool looking beard. That's personality. That's right. <laughs> spiritual. That's gift. a spiritual. Gift. Uh, you know, I I feel like the passion individualization in some ways, like I don't want to say it defines you, but like it it really is reflected in the way that you interact with people. I think and. And you're you're very very easy to get along with, and obviously I've known you for a long time, but I've also seen you interact with people all over the world, um, and so I just, I see you in um, how to win friends and influence people. One of the first things that the guy talks about is this idea of like taking an interest in the other person and like trying to find out what they're really interested in and like asking them about it, and I just see that happen with you and and from you really naturally um because of that i think you make people feel really welcome very naturally you make people feel very at ease um because they feel valuable to you like quickly because the way that you talk to them yeah i mean i feel like you even showed adaptability last week when (laughs) your computer all of a sudden decided oh yeah (laughs) disk is too (laughs) slow and we had to restart the podcast halfway through still recording (laughs) can you imagine Thank and you. a good voiceover voice. <laughs> Real Which is nice not, voice. Thank you. That's Clifton Strength. Right <laughs> <laughs> uh, voiceover. It's right after Woo. It's yeah. right before Woo. <laughs> um, listeners, if you would like to be part of the show, you can send questions, would you rather's, trivia quizzes, and your voiceover voice to podcast at bloomingdalechurch.org. Uh, I would I would love that. Or sound effects. We could have There's somebody. Sound bites of every word in the English language. And then we'll do the sponsor using your voice. Uh, for our closing <laughs> segment this week, uh, let's check in on some bets. Last week's bet was about how many minutes into the mm. service we would get before Scott started his sermon. Daniel Riemenschneider said 6.5 minutes. Bill said 9. Scott said 12. Daniel Marcello posted an adorable score of 22 minutes. <laughs> If it were Saturday, it would have been accurate. <laughs> yeah, true. that's exactly Very right. true. Very true. True. Scott's message began 10 minutes and 17 seconds into the service. So Bill is our big over-under guy. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Uh, Did so you get jelly belly beans? You do get jelly beans. Thank you. They're in my house. All right. <laughs> so you'll get is them. Is there jelly beans week. for the rest of us? Uh, you'll get jelly beans for winning last week. Ooh. I'll, no jelly beans I'll, wait while, I'll wait right here while you go get them. Okay. All right. Um, you can stay here and work through my GMAT book. What? What was last week's? Uh, last week's was the names. The names of the, the names oh. of the twins. Someone won that one. Dan won. He got How one he right. Win? He got one close. Closer than anything else. We <laughs> I didn't even exactly. know that one. This is great. Again, I kind of liked something Arabic from Bill. That was a general <laughs> enough guess that you basically sec- sectioned off like a third of possible names and. <laughs> Uh, for our bet this week, it is all about the food pantry. Open Mondays, 6 to 7 p.m., Wednesdays, 12 to 1 p.m., and Saturdays, 10 to 11 a.m. Bill, uh, when the pantry closes at 1 p.m. next Wednesday, how many cars will they have served that day? Do they keep track of that? Yeah, oh, yeah, they know how many people they've had. Nice. All right. Bill knows the averages here. No clue what the normal I- amount is. I'm going to guess 18. Dan? 16. Scott? 17. Wow, you really <laughs> punched up the right Are you allowed to guess? Uh, I'll bet. Yeah, sure. I'll go. Um, I'll go on the high end of nineteen. Can you imagine if I'm right? Well, now <laughs> Bill's screwed. Bill. Well, it used to be like twenty-seven on Wednesdays, but the neighborhood food pantries say that all across their area, which is northern Illinois, the numbers are down, mm. and they think it's because people have gone back to work. 
Yeah, oh, unemployment. Which is a wonderful a reason to see it yeah, go down. Mm-hmm. True. For real. We're having a Zoom class for two weeks in a row on how to love the Bible or how to enjoy reading the Bible. And Beth Fleming and I are the presenters. So please zoom in and, and join us because if you're like me, you probably feel some guilt over, yeah, I should be reading this thing and mm. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, it's heavy. I fall asleep when I'm reading it. I don't understand it. And uh, I think the devil's having a lot of fun with us. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've been struggling with that my whole adult life. And I've found some peace with, with the Bible and how to enjoy it. So I, I'd like to share that in the Zoom class. And then Beth's handling a lot of things that are really cool that you get by way of technology with the Bible. Mm. Um, just she's just a fountain of information that I think a lot of people are going to say, "Whoa, I didn't even know this was possible. You can do that." And maybe that'll be the answer for them in terms of really yeah. enjoying the Bible. Wow, we should talk about that the week after you guys are done. Okay, yeah. That is all the time that we have this week. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Dan. Thank, Thank you, Max. Guys. Thank you, Max. Dan. Take us home. Finally. (laughs) (laughs) You've been listening to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast from Bloomingdale, Illinois, the heart of the nation. This is Olivia Mann. I'm sitting in an Oberweiss parking lot, and you're listening to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast. That was good. That's all we're doing. You want to do another one? It wasn't funny, but that's it was practical. <laughs> Keep that in. <laughs> Scott, could you... Never mind. I have <laughs> yours here. <laughs> I don't need to read them. Got them on file. I got them on file. Well, I do from when I coached you. I also reread your review of when I coached you. It was uh, very funny. Um, <laughs> what I wrote? Yeah, you took huge issue with it being over the phone. Like oh. Even going into, you're like, does it have to be over the phone? I was like, yeah. Like, can yeah, we fake it? I think it? that's dumb. And so, <laughs> I'm sorry, Ipsa, oh, but like, I think the phone. I did mine in person. It was like Daniel Riemenschneider. Daniel will let you do it in person. Yeah, Daniel Riemenschneider did mine in person. Oh my yeah, god, he did so, mine too. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> do I need that? Uh, the five things that I'm supposed to be. I can't remember. Your five strengths. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I need to run back and get that. I popped this off my fridge. Yeah, that's a smart idea. Yeah, go ahead, Bill. We're Bill, I know here. what your five strengths are. There, suit wearing manship. There we go. Car <laughs> salesmanship. Ooh. Saying don't be a jerk at the end of the service. <laughs> so, uh, so with that said, I've been studying nonstop. I'm a little bit low energy today. What time is your? Which means I need you guys to pick We're up. Be high slack. energy. <laughs> here comes high energy Dan Marcello. <laughs> You see um, how you changed the way you're sitting? Like a rocket ready. ship. I like this. Yeah, this oh. is uh, high energy. Hello, everyone. And welcome <laughs> to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast. I'm Max Turman. Ah, you're my moderator. It's Bill's turn. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs>